Hey friend, if you've been walking through this Curriculum Hunters series with us, then you've gotten your mindset where it needs to be. You've looked at the three C's of choosing your curriculum and you've looked at the three R's of making a value-based purchase. Today, we're gonna to talk about the three P's of curriculum customization. And I'm excited about that because we are going to get to make that curriculum that you've chosen after you've narrowed it all down we're gonna make it the perfect fit for your family. So grab your tea. I've got my ginger and lemon tea here. You grab yours or whatever your drink is that you're drinking this fall, probably your pumpkin spice, right? And let's jump in. You ready? Let's do it. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by homeschooling? I don't know about you, but sometimes as a homeschooling mom, it feels like I have so much on my plate that I can hardly catch my breath. Well, if you've ever felt that way, then you're in the right place because this is the Catch Your Breath Podcast. I'm Inga Masick, certified life coach and a mental wellness advocate. With over three decades in education and over 10 years homeschooling, I'm right there in the trenches with you. In this podcast, we're going to dive into some actionable strategies that are not only going to help you manage your stress, but also help you to have more joy, freedom, and balance in your homeschooling journey. So if you're ready to go from simply striving to truly thriving, then let's breathe through homeschooling together. Are you ready? It's time to catch your breath. Ooh, I don't know about you, but right now it, the weather is starting to change over here in South Carolina. It's getting ready to be fall and all the pumpkin spice things are coming around. I know I'm going to turn some of you off right now. By letting you know that I'm not a huge pumpkin spice type person, but I do love all the apple flavors. And so I'm excited about having my apple cider warm and cold and I'm going to enjoy that. So I hope you're finding your drink. And as we're jumping into this episode, I do want to find out how are you doing? How is your homeschool going so far? Are you taking time to focus and make sure that you're okay? If you're anything like me, the excitement of homeschooling, of the back to school, is starting to kind of wane a little bit and you're in the throes of it. You are now starting to get into some of the harder things with curriculum, with your co-op, with all the different things that now can get on your plate. Sports probably happening right now and you can feel a little overwhelmed. You can start to think, why did I think I could handle all this? I can't do this. I'm not enough. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I doing, you know, all that stuff. I just want to remind you that A, you are never alone in feeling those because we're all going through roller coaster emotions as we go through this journey because sometimes this is just hard. There is nothing wrong with you. If you have a hard day, there's nothing wrong with you if you feel overwhelmed. It's just normal. And so I'm praying that you'll take a moment to stop, to pause, to ask yourself, what is the next thing that I can do? What's the next step that I can take? Take that step and then ask yourself, what's the next step I can take and take that step? It's one of the best ways that I know to go through those feelings of overwhelm. So I'm praying that for you. And I am praying that as you are thinking about this curriculum, as you're now starting to move into it and thinking, Mm, I'm not sure. You may be having those feelings where you're like, mm, I, I kind of want to change this for just a little bit, or I'm not sure. Oh, I wish they didn't do that. This is the episode where I want to encourage you 
that you can change the curriculum. You can customize it. So when we think about customizing it, I shouldn't have said change because we're not really changing it all. It is what it is, but we are making it fit our family. When we think about customization, it's not about changing who you are or who your child is. It's about enhancing that learning experience with the tool that you have chosen to help them. I have had several different <laughs> curriculum choices as I have gone through this homeschooling journey. And there are times when I think I've knocked it out of the park and there are other times where I say, mm, I don't know about this one. But I will say that every single one of my choices, I've had to customize it. I've had to make it work for my children and my family. And I say that because I want you to know that customizing the curriculum is just a part of the process. It is going to allow you to make it yours, to make it work for your family, to make it work for your situation, to make it work for your season, all of it. So we're gonna talk about the three Ps. The three Ps of curriculum instruction are personalization, pacing, and practicality. When we think about personalization, we're thinking about personalizing it for the child and then personalizing it for us as the teaching parent. For the child, we wanna identify their gaps. We want to then fill in their gaps. And we also want to look at aligning their interests. To identify their gaps, we can use placement test. We can look, do just observations. We can notice if they're frustrated. We can notice if they're asking a lot of questions. We can notice if they're just confused. And noting that, we then may need to fill in those gaps. And we might need to supplement the material with something outside of it, like extra worksheets or extra workbooks. We may be able to do something online to fill in the gaps. Or we may just need to step back teach a portion of that before we then move to the next piece. And that may not be right in the curriculum. So we may have to say, oh, okay, they're really struggling with this. Let me teach this really quickly and then move on. And the other thing we want to do with personalization is try to align it with the, our children's interest. Think about what are the things that they love and then how can you incorporate it into the curriculum? So even if it's not explicitly that subject or that topic, how can you put, push it in? So for instance, if your child truly loves animals and you are teaching a reading curriculum and some of the books that they have are not about animals, you can find books that are aligned or stories rather that are about that interest or around animals so that they can be a little more pulled in and drawn in. For you as the parent, you want to customize it, your personalization by looking at your strengths and your weaknesses. Be aware of those things that you do really well and then utilize that in the, in the curriculum. For instance, if you're a really good storyteller, then if a curriculum is not really into having a lot of stories, but you know that it's gonna be strong for your child, see how you can make whatever it is you're teaching a story. If you're a great crafting person, just because the curriculum doesn't involve a craft doesn't mean that you can't say, I love crafts, how can I make this a craft? Really anything. So one of my clients, we she loves to cook. 
And so one of the things we talk about is how can she infuse that into every single thing that she's doing? And I know that might seem like overkill, but truly it isn't. So looking at, all right, I'm talking about, I'm teaching about science, uh, social studies, I'm teaching about history, and the curriculum doesn't necessarily say, okay, plug in a cooking uh, lesson or something like that. But if that's something that you love, can't, looking to see, well, what type of foods were they cooking during that period? What dishes were they making? How can I bring that in? Because you are going to get excited about that because that's the thing you love. How can I take this math concept? Is there a measurement that I can use? Are there um, ways that I can have them look at the ingredients? Can I do spelling through this to have them write out ingredients for me or any of those things? Really, it's about looking for what you love and asking yourself, where can I plug this in? How can I make this work in the curriculum? The next P is pacing. When we think about our pacing, the curriculum is going to give us mostly 180 days or 36 weeks. And it may look like Monday through Friday. But remember that the pacing is unique to your family. So it may be a situation where you say, we're going to do Mondays through Thursdays, and then we're not going to do any work on Fridays, which means it may not necessarily be 36 weeks. You may have to extend it more. Or you may say, we're going to take these five days that they have for us to do this, and we're going to actually do it in three days so that we have two days to do some other things. You want to really think of the pacing of the curriculum as not a hard and fast rule, but more a suggestion, a recommendation based on the way that the curriculum is created. But as you're looking at it, you definitely want to make it work for you. So whether you do, so even if you have a 36 week curriculum, but you school year round, and you can take that and customize it to work for you and say, we're going to, we're going to adjust this so that this pace works for us. Remember that as you're adjusting the pairs, the pace, you want to make it fit your family. So be flexible and make it work in the way that you need to make it work. I feel like I have to say this during the pacing side, because when you're thinking about that pacing, when you're thinking about getting through the curriculum, please remember that you do not have to do all of the lessons. If there are 36 weeks or 100, let's say there's 180, day, 180 lessons for 180 days, please remember that you don't have to do 180 lessons because as you are customizing it, as you are personalizing it, you may decide that you're going to group two lessons together. You may decide you're going to take a portion of a lesson, put it with something else. And so you're not going to do the whole thing. You may decide that, which I truly hope you will, your child already knows a certain part of it. And so you don't need to go over it again. So don't feel like because there are this set amount of lessons that you have to do all of that. When we think about different, when we talk about different types of curriculum, we're going to look at where some curriculum is going to spiral and it's going to repeat itself. And so you may not necessarily have to do it. Now understand the curriculum is created with success in mind, right? So they have set it up so that if you follow that plan, you should be successful. So I'm not saying 
that as they've written that correct curriculum, that they have not thought through all of those things and that it's not necessary to use the tool. But I am saying that as you think about how to use the tool, remember that it doesn't have to look exactly that same way. A lot of times when you're looking at a curriculum, there are several pieces in there and it does not mean that you have to do all of those pieces. Keep that in mind as you're thinking about pacing because pacing is one of the things that can cause us the most stress. When we notice that we're six months in and we are only a third of the way through the curriculum. Now that may be because as we're thinking about that first P with the personalization that we had to adjust for the needs of our child. And that's okay. That's why we want to make sure that we understand why we're doing what we're doing and how to use this tool so we can say, all right, so I recognize that I may have to step back. I may have to pull back. I may have to take a little longer on this section. So that may mean that I'm not going to be able to spend this much time on this other section or that we're not going to get through all of this 180 days and 180 days. The other part when it comes to pacing is, yes, most of the curriculum that you're going to get is going to be for a year. But there is no one that says that you have to spend a year. You can spend less time. You can spend more time. I've said before in other episodes that we use, the curriculum we use is, that we have used is Christian light education for, mostly for our language arts, but we've used it in other ones. And we truly personalize that curriculum. We adjust the pacing all of the time. So as we are going through specifically in the language arts and in some of the reading, but definitely in the language arts, we, I allow my children to take the quizzes. If I think this is something that I think you kind of know this. And so I might just do an oral exam or quiz or review to see if they do, or I might say, let me see where you are and what you need to know. And we might go straight to the quiz, have them take that quiz and see what, where I need to fill in and then teach only that. Sometimes I have had to go back and say, you know what? I know we're moving up in this grade overall at the end of the year, but I'm going to pull back and I'm going to do this for you the first six months or the first three months, or we're going to take a little longer because I want to make sure you have a stronger sense of this. Or sometimes because of the writing portion of it, I might say, all right, we're going to actually do all of the grammar and the punctuation and like all of that stuff. And then we're going to spend the next three or four months or whatever doing the writing, the creative writing. And so we separate it. We do it differently. And that's okay. That is what customization is all about. And so that wasn't necessarily the pacing or just the pacing, but I just want you to think about that when you're thinking about pacing, because sometimes that's the thing that causes us the most stress when we're trying to just fit it in to this time timeline that we think we have to have. The other thing we're going to talk about that is related to that is the last P, which is practicality. And that is about making the curriculum seamlessly fit into your daily life. 
This ensures that the educational choices that you're making are really those that are sustainable and manageable because that is where we're going to make this a journey of freedom. Homeschooling becomes freedom when we actually make it fit into our lives in a way that we can manage. And when we put it in a way that we can manage, then we're going to reduce our stress tremendously. So how do we do that? Well, first we want to look at assessing your daily routine. Take a close look at that daily routine and ask yourself, when are you most productive? When is your child most productive? When is your child most receptive to learning? And then look at how can you customize even the hours of your day to go with that natural rhythm? And as you're looking at that, I would say that when they are in their most receptive place for learning when they have the highest energy that's when you want to tackle those hardest subjects when they are getting to that point where you see maybe that their energy is waning and you can kind of tell that the, the day is starting to end to an end that's when you do your most active activity where you are really have something planned that is going to engage them that may not be the way that the curriculum is structured and so you may need to change it around like we're going to start with this part of it then I'm going to go to this part as you're thinking about that simplify wherever possible we don't want to overcomplicate the curriculum and as we're choosing a curriculum we want to make sure that it's not complicated but sometimes we can choose an overcomplicated curriculum and then we can make it a little complicated by adding so many things that we feel like we have to have as you're thinking, even going back to choosing curriculum, preparation is a key part in when you're making the choice because preparation now is going to be a key part of the practicality of it. If you're feeling like before you can teach this curriculum, you have to do a lot of preparation and you're struggling in that area and you're not loving it and you've got a whole bunch of other things going on, then more than likely, you're not going to prepare well for it and then you're going to feel stressed out when you're trying to teach it. So it may be helpful to spend some time when you get it, looking through and seeing when, what are the materials that you need, when would you, when they show up so that, you know, if it's every fifth lesson, you're going to do some sort of big science lab or something like that, that you kind of go ahead and map that out on your calendar or your planner, just to let you know, okay, I'll need extra preparation time. But then is it something, and hopefully it will be, that you can just get into a rhythm of, like, you know, that this is the way the, this part of the curriculum is always going to be. And you can have this little basket next to you of the things that you need. Like, you know, if it's a reading curriculum and they're going to tell you the next book to come, maybe have the books all stacked up next to you or in your area so that you can just pull to the next one. Just find it, figuring out ways to simplify, to make it rhythmic, to make it easy for you so that you don't feel like you are having to do a lot of preparation, a lot of planning, and that it's complicated to get it started to to be able to teach it. And we talked a little bit about making sure that we got the curriculum where it didn't feel that way when we were reading through it and researching so that when we get to this stage, we can make it really a plug and play, something that is a systematic thing for us and is very strategic in how we approach it. It is useful to keep all of your homeschooling materials in a dedicated space to save you some time and to keep those like items together 
and to keep the things that you need for a specific curriculum together. And so if it's, if you have a tool that you utilize for throughout all of your school day, maybe you keep that there. But for instance, if you know that you are going to need different math materials or math manipulatives for the curriculum is going to come up over and over again that you just keep it all in the same area like that's your if you're doing something with saxon like that's your saxon basket and everything that you need is there and then if you have a language arts curriculum that you're using and you know that you're going to need journals and paper or whatever that you kind of keep that there i like to do centers i always love centers and so like trying to figure out how to do centers and I call them stations now just because my, my children are a little older try to keep everything that I need in that area and so I'll have those bins with it and I have a school closet that has all of that different stuff but if I notice okay this is coming up over and over again just kind of have that in that center so it's easily accessible and they can get it and it's really simple things so it's not even just what the curriculum says but for instance for reading I like especially when I'm starting to work on fluency and trying to help with pacing and the way that they're reading out loud. A lot of times I'll just have bookmarks, a simple thing like that. So just looking through and just saying, what can I keep together? Because that actually makes it more practical as you're teaching. But honestly, as the planning time comes, you don't have to spend as much time planning. I am not going to tell you that I do a great job every single day of putting out everything that I need the night before. I would love to do that, but it doesn't always happen. So what I do is just try to keep those baskets and those bins and those things there. So as I'm reading over what I need in the morning, and really I try to have that ready just in the center at all times so that when I'm kind of going through, I I can say, all right, I know I have that there. And if I don't have an opportunity to read it, because yes, that happens, that I don't have an opportunity to read everything I'm going to go through before I go through it, that I know that I've got the teacher's guide, I've got the materials, got all this stuff. I can pick up that book, look at it and make it something that's practical that will work for you so that you don't feel stressed out about that. As you're thinking about practicality, batch the subjects and or your themes together to really make it more cohesive. So for instance, if you are studying Egypt in history, think about how you can pull out the art projects, the literature, or the spelling list or the writing that is connected to that. And that may not specifically be in like, let's say in your language arts, you are not in that place where it says explicitly to write about something about ancient Egypt because it's not all connected. You can still look at what is the skill that I'm learning right now in language arts? How can I connect that to what I'm doing in science or social studies? How can I connect the different subjects together even if the curriculum doesn't automatically make it that? When you can do that, it actually makes it much more of a cohesive learning experience for your children. It engages them much more and it truly is more enjoyable. And so that is where I say that you're customizing curriculum because if you didn't get a thematic curriculum, you may feel like you're not able to make it thematic. But I always say that if you can batch it, if you can take a lot of times it's the science and the social studies if you can take that and figure out how you can infuse it into the other lessons that you have to teach and it doesn't have to even take a, a lot of preparation it may take some you know some forethought 
if that's even the right word, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it might take you actually thinking through like, okay, so we're doing Egypt right now. And I know, and that's what we're doing in our history lesson. And so what can I do from my science? And you can look in that science curriculum and say, let me see what we can do to talk about like, what sort of things were they doing during that time? Especially if we're talking about ancient Egypt, because we can look at some of the medicine, some of the discoveries, some of the inventions, do something about that. And now let me see, what is the skill that we're learning about in reading? Okay, so we're talking about author's purpose. Can I find a book that's about ancient Egypt so that we really, it's it's already giving them that information, even it's even if it is a fiction book, it's still giving them a basis or uh, something that's related to it. And then can I teach the concept that the book tells me, that the curriculum tells me about author's purpose can I use the ancient history book to then make that work? I actually love doing that. And um, what's challenging is a lot of times the way my brain works is right when I'm in the middle of teaching something is when I get the best ideas, if I can just be completely honest with you. So I do my planning, I do the preparation and that, but what bothers me is as I'm teaching it, I'm like, oh, we should do that. <laughs> I shouldn't even say it bothers me, but it does in some ways. But what I've done is just try to keep my baskets and my things there so that I can quickly pull that thing up. And I have found that because my brain works that way, and I wish that it would work better to do it beforehand, but because it does it that way, to make the curriculum practical to me, practical for me and for my family, two big things that help, that I don't even have on my notes, but I want to tell you is our Post-it sticky notes. Have you some sticky notes? I must always because if I have one of those ideas and that I that will take a little more preparation and I can't do it right then, I want to write it on my sticky note and put it right there in the lesson plan book or the curriculum, really not the lesson plan book. I usually use my curriculum books. Put it in my curriculum book or my planner so that I can see it and know, okay, let me let me get this ready for the next day. And then the next thing we want to do in making it practical is to leverage technology. Technology can make homeschooling more practical because as you are looking at these different things that you're teaching within your curriculum, the apps, the online support groups, all the different, not support groups, but the online support programs, like I'm thinking educational.com, um, there's a Scholastic one, there's Twinkle, all of those teachers pay teachers even, they can help you be able to find some digital res digital resources. The other thing around technology is even social media. Um, actually, is YouTube social media, y'all? I don't even know. Uh, I'm wondering. But YouTube videos, they can help you so that you're trying to teach a subject and you're like, you know what? Somebody's probably made a video that's a little better with that. Let me pull that up. They have online resources that can even make it interactive. Uh, I think it's called Quizlet or something like that, where you can put in some of the information that you've taught them and then have them do quizzes online. Use that because that makes it practical because everything doesn't have to come from you and you don't have to do all the talking. The other thing we want to think about is involving your kids. Ask them how they'd like to do some of the activities. Talk about what are the things that are coming up and then give them choices or let them choose the topics that are going to, that they think that they'd like to explore more in the, in the subject. And I'm thinking specifically about like um, science and social studies because sometimes 
they will have specific things that are interesting to them and you can start there and a lot of times you can stay there because you'll get they'll be enthralled in it and you can go deeper and that's where as you're doing that you can look at plugging in some of these other things using the curriculum as the tool but then plugging it in what i love about using the curriculum as the tool when you're plugging in what your children love is if you have a language arts curriculum it will tell you how to teach something like the information for it but how you then actually do that gets to be based on you and your family and your children and so that's why i say if you look at it as a tool it may tell you okay now you're going to teach eight parts of speech but how you teach eight parts of speech, it may give you kind of that framework of like, this is the thing to do, but you don't have to do that. You can say, okay, I know that I need to go through eight parts of speech and then it's talking about the types of sentences and then we need to do paragraphs, whatever, whatever. And you see kind of that idea or the assessment or whatever, you take that and then you plug in their interest. You plug in what you're already talking about. You plug in those topics, you plug in the hands-on activities that they might not include. As you're thinking about making it practical, the next thing you want to think about is that we have to be flexible. When we are starting to teach with curriculum, it can be challenging when we feel like we're not getting through every single thing. So the reminder here is to give yourself grace and to give your child grace. This goes back to that pacing piece that if you're expecting them to get through a lesson a day and they are having some challenges or they're having some frustration or life is happening, remember to give yourself grace and give your child grace. You can come back to it the next day. You can come back to it later that night. Once again, that's that pacing. So not feeling like we have to get it done during this time. I don't know about you, but I have had times where I'm teaching something. I think I am just doing an amazing job of teaching and my child is just not getting it and it turns into tears and I'm frustrated and I don't know what to do. And I have to remind myself in those moments to pause, take a break, give myself grace, give my child grace, let them step away. We may step away, do something fun and come back. We may step away, take a quiet moment and come back. We may step away, pray, come back. We may step away, bond, make sure our relationship is good because I believe in relationship over rigor and then come back. Or we may step away and not come back to it that day because it's okay to stray from the plan when life happens. And so what I think about is consistency and it's changed for me is that consistency is just continuing to come back to making a decision and a choice to keep on pursuing no matter what. But when I think about that pursuit, it's not about that the no matter what is at the expense of my child, you know, uh, uh, my relationship with my child or their emotions. But it's saying like my commitment to them and their education means that even if we fall off the rails today, we're jumping back on and we're going to try again. We talked about those three P's, your personalization, your pacing, and the practicality of it, making it practical for your family. Now let's quickly dive into the types of curriculum so that we can look at how we would then customize. So if you have a mastery-based curriculum, and this is the type of curriculum that focuses on mastering one topic before moving on to the next, 
you may customize it by determining that if your child masters a topic quickly, you can just accelerate and keep going. You can give a, qu a quiz to see if they have mastered that topic and then you can skip that completely. For you, if you're short on time, this type of curriculum can really allow you to focus deeply on one area before moving on. So you don't have to feel like you have to keep going moving on. And when we think about pacing on this one, it may mean that you spend more time on certain parts than you do on other parts. So you may spend, you know, it may say that each one, each lesson is supposed to be one day and you may end up spending three days on one part and then half a day on another part or being able to combine some two, combine two parts. If you have a spiral curriculum, which revisits topics periodically and it builds on the previous knowledge, then you may be able to customize this for your child by revising the curriculum to fill in the gaps or to even extend the learning with some extra materials as, we, as we've talked about. For you, this repetitive nature can allow you to really plan around the themes or topics because you know that they're going to recur over and over again and they're gonna make your planning easier. So you know, one thing that I love about spiral curriculum is that it's not so much that you master it the first time it's given. It's kind of like it's an introduction, then it goes deeper, and then it goes deeper. And so you have an opportunity to help it to go deeper by plugging it into other parts. For a thematic curriculum, and this is organized around a theme rather than the specific subjects, for your child, you can take their particular interest and then incorporate it into the existing theme. So figure out what do they love within that and then make it be a huge part of it. And for you, you can batch plan by putting those planning together to say, okay, this is what we're going to do for this topic. Look at all those things. And then you might just do that planning for the, the full six weeks. And all you have to do is just make sure you've prepared things and go back and pull stuff. I will say I love thematic curriculum, but I truly do love all of them. And I'm eclectic in my curriculum choices and so I'll use all of these different types. A sequential curriculum is has topics that are taught in a specific sequence and they build on each other. If you customize this for your child, you'll notice that if your child struggles with a topic, this is a great opportunity for you to pause and then to give them some more information. And the reason why this one is going to be key to make sure that they pause is that if they don't get that piece then they're going to miss the next piece and it's kind of like that mastery base but a lot of times with the mastery based curriculum they're going to spend a lot of time around a larger concept and make sure they have all of those pieces and the sequential one is going to do that but it's going to build on it so there may be three parts to that and they want to make sure that they've gotten part a and then after they've gotten part A, they need part A to be able to do part B. And they're going to make sure they've learned that. And then they need part B to be able to do um, C. And so it's going to build in that way. And for you, it's going to allow you to have a clear roadmap that makes it easier for you to plan for it and prepare. Because you're going to know that this is what we started with today. And then this is the next place that we're going to go. And knowing that, the way you're going to know that is remember, you're going to spend that time reading through the scope and the sequence, the teacher notes or whatever it is. So you, the, even the table of contents, just to kind of see where you're going. 
And then finally, an integrated curriculum is where the subjects are taught in an integrated manner, which means that they link the topics, usually like history and science. And it is kind of like a thematic one, but integrated is more around the subject and thematic is more around like a theme or a topic. So um, a thematic topic might be um, under the sea and sky. It's one of the curriculums that we're using while a an integrated and actually that would be more of an integrated curriculum because it's going to put those two things together and then for a thematic unit you the a thematic unit it might be around the world in 80 days and so while they're doing around the world in 80 days which seems like a history subject they're actually going to be pulling from that a bunch of different things and so within that they might have cooking they actually within that they would they would have all those different things so they would find ways of taking all these subjects and putting them into those topics so as, so as we end this episode I just want to encourage you to take a moment to reflect on your curriculum and ask yourself how can I customize this curriculum so that it meets my family's needs and in our next episode, we're coming to the end of our Curriculum Hunters series. And we're going to talk about, and now you have customized your, your curriculum and you've done your three Ps, but it's just not working for you. How do you change it with the least amount of stress? Because it can be stressful to now think, I got to start this process all over again. So I'm going to walk you through that. I hope this was helpful and I cannot wait to talk to you again. Join me in the Facebook group. Let me know how you're customizing your curriculum because I cannot wait until next time. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that this episode empowered, equipped, and most of all, encouraged you. Don't forget to share your thoughts on today's topics because I'd love to hear how you're implementing these strategies. And you can do that in the free community where you can connect with me and other like-minded moms who get some practical tips for homeschooling and teaching your child, managing your stress, and prioritizing your self-care. You can also ask questions there. You can participate in the fun challenges. And of course, you can celebrate your wins because we like to party over there. Also, if this was helpful and you know that it can be helpful to someone else, leave a review or share this with another homeschooling mom who needs to catch her Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> well, that's my cue. But before I go, I want to leave you with these words from Philippians 4, 6-7. I pray that you won't be anxious about anything, but that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you would present your request to God and that you will experience the kind of peace that surpasses understanding as you navigate the stresses of life and homeschooling. Until next time, remember to take a moment to catch your breath.